What's going on, y'all? Welcome to episode 39 of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. On this week's episode, we're taking a look back at one of the biggest races in Ace Speedway history, the Naturally Fresh Foods 250 for the Hooters Pro Cup Series that ran back on April 21st of the year 2000. We look back on the names and drivers who took part in that special race, the events leading up to it, plus adding in some personal testimony about what made that race so special. So sit back and relax. On the other side of this timeout, we'll hop in the time machine and turn back the clock 20 years on the Half Price Concessions Podcast. When you're eating breakfast, you don't think twice about hitting an electric line in your cereal. If you're looking through your dresser, does damaging a fiber optic line cross your mind? Of course not, because those utilities are buried underground. So don't think twice about calling 811 before digging. 811 is a free service, takes as little as five minutes, protects you and your neighborhood, and it's the law. So call or click 811 today. This safety message brought to you by North Carolina 811. This episode of the Half Price Concessions podcast is brought to you with support from Performance Center Racing Warehouse. In addition to being the home of the PRW chassis, Performance Center offers in-house setups and consulting, plus suspension and chassis pull-down analysis, along with their fabrication shop that can reclip your race car with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Give Roger Johnson and the Performance Center team the chance to earn your racing business by calling them today at 704-838-1400 or visit them online at performancecenter.com. That's P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. In order to really put this race into perspective, we need to take a look back at the two major players of this race. We start with the USAR Hooters Pro Cup Series. The foundation of the Hooters Pro Cup Series began as a tribute to honor the memory of four men killed in a plane crash on the way to Bristol Motor Speedway. They included the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup champion, Alan Kowicki, Mark Brooks, the son of Hooters CEO, Robert Brooks, and the company's sports marketing manager. Dan Duncan, who was the director of sports management, and Charlie Campbell, the corporate pilot. In their honor, Robert Brooks created the Hooters Late Model Series that ran from 1995 to 1997. During the 97 season, however, the Hooters Pro Cup Series was began as an evolution of the Late Model Series, moving towards heavier cars with more powerful engines and longer formatted races that required live pit stops. In 1997, the Hooters Pro Cup began running and ran 11 races, ranging all the way from Lakeland, Florida to Birmingham, Alabama, Kingsport, Tennessee, and even as far north as the Milwaukee Mile and back down to South Boston Speedway. By the time the series had made its first ever trip to a Speedway, it was becoming apparent that this was the new way to go for local and regional racers wanting to race for bigger purses without having to climb the NASCAR ladder to compete in big time auto races. Names like Mario Gosselin, Jeff Agnew, Scott Wimmer, Michael Rich, and Bobby Gill were just a few of the names being made in the Hooters Pro Cup. Add to that a broadcast agreement with Speed Vision, and the popularity of the series was only growing. A Speedway, which in 2000 was a racetrack with tradition, a fresh look, and a surface that could produce great racing. A Speedway had been founded back in 1956 as a third mile dirt oval. 
It had been stretched out to a 3 8 mile dirt oval in 1984, paved in 1990, and expanded to its current 4 tenths of a mile shape prior to the 1999 season. The track was also under fairly new ownership as local businessman David Morton had purchased the racetrack. A-Speedway's NASCAR sanctioning had been the home of the 1993 national champion of the NASCAR short track series, Barry Beggarly, and was having success with a steady weekly program along with the occasional touring series race here and there. Mixed in with these stats and facts are some of my own account of this race. Cause I mean, I was there. At the time I was an 11 year old kid. I had been going to A Speedway on a Friday night basis since I was old enough to remember. Normal Friday nights at Ace would involve cheering for Robert Turner and Richard Bailey in the late model races, Roy Cook in the modifieds, Timmy Hazlip in the super stocks. And of course, no trip to A Speedway was complete without my usual childhood order at the concession stand of two plain hot dogs with fries and a Pepsi. Apparently I hadn't discovered the love and compassion a bologna burger at A Speedway could offer, but I digress. This Friday night was a horse of a different color. As we pulled into the track in my grandpa's truck, there were signs all over the place, way more than usual. There was a tractor trailer sized grill with Johnsonville on the side of it, parked right next to the ticket booth. As we walked in, we saw scissor lifts behind the main grandstands on the front stretch and they were in the process of moving all the race team's haulers out of the infield and to the outside just off the backstretch. That was another weird thing. We were used to seeing open trailers and single level haulers. These guys looked like they were in cup haulers. There were a few familiar names in the field I remember, either myself or ones my grandpa Lynn remembered for me from previous A-Speedway experience. There was Stacy Purrier, who I remembered some, but my grandma, my grandpa thought was one of the best to ever come wheel a late model day speedway, especially when he would come down for those 10,000 win Labor Day late model shows at a speedway. Jay Fogelman, who I remember from driving a yellow number four Libby Hill seafood late model. I remember Jay from racing against late model drivers like Robert Turner, Todd Massey, Barry Beggarly, and Richard Landreth, just to name a few. And of course I can't leave out Keith Woody who I remember back from his super stock days, then when he moved up to driving a red and yellow number 83. Another cool thing that happened at this race I remember was the pre-race pit party. With me only knowing a few of these drivers, it was cool to get to walk up and get an autograph from these guys I'd never heard of. I got a hero card from just about everybody that had one. The main ones I remember getting a hero card from were John Wood, the 19 year old member of the famous Wood Brothers racing family, who was actually starting the race on the pole. And I remember vividly getting an autograph from a then 16 year old Brian Vickers, who someone in the crowd said was working with a Speedway's own Colin Engel. While 33 drivers were allowed to start the Naturally Fresh Foods 250, there were actually 46 drivers total on the property trying to make the show. It was the first time I'd been to a race at Ace where there was only one race on the card for the night. No support divisions were needed. John Wood qualified on the pole with a lap of 15.697 seconds around Ace Speedway in the GoRacing.com Ford. He was also the only car in the field having a three-digit number, as I vividly remember his blue and green number 116. The race guard started with Wood taking the initial lead and leading the first 77 laps which was already longer than the weekly late model races I was used to as a kid at Ace. 
Wood would hand over the lead over to Clayton Rogers on lap 78, and then after pit stops, the lead would shuffle to David Pletcher, who led at the halfway mark. One thing I remember and I was beginning to notice was just how many cautions there were. On a typical Friday night at Ace with the weekly divisions, you'd see you know two, three, four cautions max per race. These guys are having to slow down for cautions a lot. Most of the wrecks were happening over in turns one and two, where everyone wanted to fight for the ground at the bottom of the track, down there back before the concrete pad when everybody used to aim for the guardrail. John Wood would retake the lead on lap 145, and by this point, one of my favorite drivers had already been knocked out. Jay Fogelman had had to pull in due to damage from a wreck. My grandpa nudged my arm about this time and told me to keep an eye on the black and green number five. That was Bobby Gill, and he was moving up from starting back in the 20th position. By this point in the race, Bobby was already up to seventh. Don Satterfield was also on the move up in his red number one. Starting back in 32nd, he had already gotten his way up to second place. Brian Vickers was also on the move. After starting all the way back in 22nd, he was up to seventh by lap 168 in his CV Products Chevrolet. Local driver Keith Woody had ran into some trouble about this point in the race. He'd gone for a spin in turn one with a little bit of help from Sean Studer. By lap 182, Wood was still up front, but Mario Gosselin and Bobby Gill were lurking just behind. One thing I'd almost forgotten about the Pro Cup Series that I liked was that unlike the top NASCAR series, on restarts, they put the lap down cars to the outside of the lead lap cars. So on restarts at Ace, you'd see the lap down cars trying to get an advantage up toward the VIP suites and Ace Speedway's turn four to get a run down the front stretch. Most didn't succeed in getting their lap back, but it was a cool element to add to everything. By lap 198, Stacy Purrier had come to the front and was all over race leader John Wood. Stacy driving a white number 92 Chevrolet with 50 laps to go had set his crosshairs on the race leader. I remember the crowd around me starting to sit up a little bit and watch as Purrier was on Wood's quarter panel getting in and off the corners. Just behind Purrier was Mario Gosselin and Bobby Gill right there up into the top four. The front was awful crowded and on lap 223 a wreck and turn one happened right in front of race leader John Wood. While he checked up, Purrier went around the outside to avoid the wreck and took the lead with Bobby Gill just behind him. I remember there being a pause after this and wondering if Wood would get his spot back, but Pro Cup officials ruled that Wood was involved in the caution due to contact, so he was not able to get his spot back at the front of the field. With Purrier out front, the race would get restarted with just 20 laps to go. Gosselin would nudge Purrier up the hill in turn two, then back toward turn three on the same lap. More contact ensued and Purrier went for a spin, bringing out another caution and another lead change. The restart with 13 laps to go had Gosselin in the lead with Bobby Gill right behind him in second. As Gill began to close in, I began to notice him diamonding his car going into the corners. He'd go in high, come off low, while Gosselin looked like he was just trying to glue his car to the bottom of the track. Gill found a window with nine laps to go and took the lead but he'd have to stop one more time for a caution as Shane Huffman brought out a yellow with sparks shooting out of the back end of his race car. After the cleanup from Huffman's incident, it would be a green-white checkered finish to decide the race. 
While Brian Vickers and Mario Gosselin would work for second, it was all Bobby Gill at the end to take the win and the $10,000 winner's purse in the Naturally Fresh Foods 250 at Ace Speedway. The race took two hours and 12 minutes to run, was slowed by 19 cautions, and 93 of the 250 laps ran were run under yellow. 33 cars started the race with just 12 finishing on the lead lap. Six different drivers held the lead with six different lead changes. The top 10 behind Bobby Gill, the race winner, would include second place Mario Gosselin, Brian Vickers, who had charged to finish third, Don Satterfield, who finished off his march from a 32nd starting position to finish fourth. Pole sitter John Wood would have to settle for what had to be a disappointing fifth. David Pletcher finished sixth, Marty Lindley seventh, Jeff Agnew eighth, Stacy Purrier after leading late would end up ninth, and Mar Martin Nesbitt rounded out the top 10. After the dust had settled at ace, Mario Gosselin would take a 57 point lead in the point standings into the next race for the Pro Cup Series at Myrtle Beach. By the end of 2000, Bobby Gill, the race winner, would end up being the champion with seven wins, 13 top fives, only one DNF to his credit, and over $100,000 in winnings. No other driver would finish within 180 points of Gill in the point standings in 2000. Ace Speedway would host the Hooters Pro Cup Series from 2000 to 2005, then again in 2011 and 2012 before the series shifted to its current format and was renamed the Cars Tour. Winners in future Pro Cup races would include Hal Goodson, Marty Lindley, Clay Rogers, Jody Lavender, Caleb Holman, and Alan Perkheiser. I want to give a special thanks to ProCupDigest.com who has all these old Pro Cup results on their website with details galore. And a special thanks as well to Michael McIntyre's YouTube page for having this race uploaded so I could rewatch and relive all of this. This page has a ton of good stuff from the 90s Bush Series, ASA AC Delco Challenge Series, the Hooters Pro Cup, the Slim Jim All Pro Series, and even some of the old CART PPG races, Winston Cup, ASA ARCA, and World of Outlaws stuff. You know, it's an amazing thing to think that this race happened 20 years ago. It's crazy. It's like uh, I heard a I heard an old man say one time about time. Time is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the middle, the faster she rolls. And to think that the year 2000 was 20 years ago is unbelievable. We'd be remiss if we didn't comment on the events that happened just yesterday as this podcast is published on Wednesday on Tuesday the announcement from the state of North Carolina or from the governor of North Carolina that Ace Speedway has been shut down. It is an unbelievably just sad time because our podcast has such deep roots tied to Ace Speedway. Many of our episodes have been about the history of Ace Speedway, the champions of Ace Speedway, conversations uh, between me and Buddy Payne and Brad Allen and all kinds of other people. Jason Turner, the co-owner of Ace Speedway, was on our very first episode, our pilot episode last year. And it's just incredibly sad to see that the governor of the state of North Carolina feels the need to point out Ace Speedway as if it's the only racetrack trying to operate right now. It seems as if our home track, for whatever reason, and it's probably debatable whatever that reason is, has been singled out by the governor 
will be interesting to see how this all plays out. But first and foremost, our thoughts are with all the staff of Ace Speedway, the co-owners, co Robert and Jason Turner, as they will now have to work through this and we'll be interested to see what the next step is. But from the Half Price Concessions podcast, we fully support Ace Speedway and we stand behind it. No organization is perfect by any means, but we know these are good people that just want to race and they just want to put on a show and keep a way of life alive for those of us all around this area who love racing and have been a part of racing for our entire lives. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Himalaya, Castro, whatever podcast app you're using. Please hit the subscribe button. If there's a section to leave us a rating and review, please leave us a good one. It would really help us out a ton. Also, if you're listening on our YouTube page, hit the subscribe button there. That way, you'll get notified every time we put out new episodes. Also, you can email the show. The email address is halfpricedconcessionspodcast at gmail.com. You can email us questions, concerns, ideas for future episodes, anything and everything. We'll definitely respond to it, and we just appreciate you listening. Also, if you have friends or family who want to listen but don't want to go to YouTube and don't have a podcast app, you can listen to every episode on our website. That's www.anchor.fm slash hpcpodcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Tyler Williams, and I hope that you have a great day.